0: Okay, before we get into this juicy episode, I want to share with you a holiday promo that's running for all of the month of December. I am offering $200 off my awakening program. This is a three month individual coaching program where I will take you through an arc of an experience to help make sense of a mindfuck of a confusing relationship, process the feelings so that you can actually heal and become the best version of yourself. So, that you don't have to experience painful love ever again. This program includes an educational component with modules and videos and action oriented homework. There's also some guided journeys, guided meditations in there for your benefit. It also includes individual sessions where we are really going to deeply process what has happened and give you that space to regulate your nervous system to create that relationship with your inner child and really move some of this stuckness that you're feeling. And then you also get accountability support, real time. So when you get that message from your ex, who, who do you reach out to? Who can help you make that, make that decision on what to say or what not to say? So having that real-time support to help you interrupt the reflex that you have been in. But most importantly, this is a container to hold you while you process what's happened and step into what's next i really want you to feel safe and supported to say the thing that is too embarrassing and too shameful in your mind to say to your friends and family maybe you don't have anybody else that you can share these things with and in the safety you'll find healing So again, this promo runs for all of December, $200 off this three-month program. The first step is to schedule a free session so that we can get to know one another and see if this is going to be a good fit for you. And I want you to just imagine and envision this life where you feel so fulfilled and secure in yourself on your own, freeing you to then confidently choose a partner who can align with you in your life and celebrate the woman that you are, because you deserve that, and it's so waiting for you. The link to the free session and to the awakening program is in the show notes below, so be sure to check it out. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Lucid Living with Bree. Learn to live and love awake. I'm your host Bree Walta, and I am here with one of my best friends and former client, Amy Jenkins. I'm so excited to share with you her story and how she has moved through her awakening journey, through relationships, family dynamics, self-abandonment, all of the amazing moments that you've had in your in what has become your healing journey. Yeah, it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want Well, I do. I want you to introduce yourself to to the audience.
1: Well, thank you, Bree. I'm so honored to be here. So, thank you so much for having me. I love and adore you so much. So, this is exciting to be here with you. Um, yeah. So, as Bree said, I'm Amy Jenkins. Um, I'm a holistic coach. So, I like working with folks on a mind, body, and soul level. I started my career journey uh, as a therapist. I was, um, I got my master's in clinical psychology and was about halfway through a PhD in counseling psychology. and was like, I don't think this is actually what I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't know. It's going to play in somewhere down the road. And fast forward, maybe 10 or 12 years, um, got my certification in personal training and nutrition and just realized, oh, there's all these different pieces to the puzzle that they all connect that talking through things, having this beautiful base of theory from psychology and being able to talk through things, but also bringing in somatic or body work, nutrition, sleep, movement, all these components come together to really, truly heal. So I love tying all that together and working with clients who are kind of stuck in in whatever realm of their life. I have clients who are not sure what their next career path choice will be, stuck in um, kind of maladaptive patterns in their life, or even just I have athletes who are looking to optimize their nutrition. And I always start our conversations with, yeah, yeah, yeah we can, we can start with nutrition, but we're going to talk about feelings too. <laughs> so I, I love tying it all together and yeah, it's, it's, it feels so heart aligned to the work that I'm doing. It's taken a while to get here, but I, I love it so much.
0: Yes. Yes. Watching your evolution too, from because I've known, I don't even know how long we've known yeah. each other now. A while <laughs> back when you had short blonde hair, so it was a very long time. <laughs> um, if you you aren't watching the video, Amy now has very beautiful, very long brown hair. So timing-wise, it took a while to yeah. grow it out. Sure. <laughs> um, but watching your evolution from you know when you got your personal training degree and just sort of like wanting to really help people achieve their physical goals yeah, and how that's evolved into like, oh yeah. And, and there's all this emotional component and now bringing in the breath work and like how that can help open so many doors in your understanding, your awareness, like your healing. So it's like the body focus has evolved in different ways, whether it's the mind or the physical body, it's all, it's all connected.
1: And ironically, I think it unfolded it as my own healing journey unfolded, right? Yeah, always. So when I think about when I was starting on the the personal training component, I was kind of distracting myself with being as physically fit and like crushing every physical goal and nailing the nutrition. And then, yeah, as I peeled back the layers of that onion, was just like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of a wonky emotional layer in here that I haven't wanted to look at. And I think that's where it's kind of I beautiful to see how they both unfold at the same time of life mimicking art is what they say. Sometimes it's like career mimicking life. So yeah,
0: yeah. even your word choice of crushing, crushing the workouts and nailing the food choices like that's so masculine. Excellent. <laughs>
1: so. Oh my gosh. And I know we're going to dive into my divorce, but I remember very shortly after we separated I dove into what the hell is the divine feminine because I identified so strongly as this masculine entity and so much of my life didn't want to be a woman didn't want to be a girl I can remember as like a little kid not I don't want to be a girl (laughs) so now, yeah, kind of enveloping this. Oh, femininity actually is this beautiful. I mean, the balance of the two, and yeah, yeah, it, it's funny. I, I hadn't picked up on my word choice, but yeah, back in the day, really, really. Well,
0: it's a masculine industry, and I mean, we could go into a whole deep dive around how <laughs> how nutrition and and the fitness culture is geared towards men and not towards women who are cycling and like the whole the whole craziness of it all. Um, but it made me think of the heroine's journey. Have you read that book? No. Oh my god. It's I recently read it and recently was like, fuck, I really like, I'm still a little unbalanced in the masculine. That's I just need to read this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for me, that's the default safe place is the masculine, I'll do it, I'll do it perfect, I'll you know, run myself into the ground, all of the things instead of the feminine, receptive, trusting, intuitive. Like, it's a good book it's, it's I'll probably reread it several times,
1: yeah, but. definitely. I'm mean, gonna well, when I come back and listen to this podcast, too, I'll make a little note <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's let's start by
0: talking about how or maybe the beginning of the journey sure. on how you've gotten to where you are now in this more more awake, more of the time place because I want to be careful of like we're never reaching the finish point or the awakening the enlightened moment right it's like so many of this these falling asleep waking up falling asleep waking up and you just get more skilled at
1: recognizing and you when you're falling asleep map a little shorter right yes yeah yeah instead of like a coma you're in (laughs) my coma began yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) I, I don't know if this will resonate with your with your listeners, but my my journey really did begin in childhood. you know, it really began in the roots and the origin, and something i I want to say i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about some hard things and honestly i'm gonna name it too. This is the first time in my life I've talked about this publicly, so it's I'm a little yeah. afraid there's a little girl in me that's feeling a little like you know shameful like don't don't put anybody down and it's like well. I've even talked to you about this a little bit and you're like, this is your, this is your story. So I'm going to tell my story, but I also want folks to know that as I tell this story, uh, my father has since deceased. So I haven't been able to have conversations with him as an adult. Unfortunately, he died when I was 10. Um, but I, I talked to him in the, in my, in my heart, in the spiritual realm, we have a beautiful connection with others and we've done a lot of mending and healing on the other side. Uh, my mother and I have had quite a few conversations, and it's an ever-evolving relationship, you know. And and we have our own sleep-wake cycles as well in our relationship. So as I talk about this, I do want to instill hope and reality that it is still a process, it is still a journey, but that relationship is improving. And I don't have children, so I cannot necessarily put myself in either of my parents' shoes. But um, yeah, my my journey started. Very young. Uh, both of my parents are children of abuse as well. And, you know, I'm an 80s baby. And mo- so my parents are boomers. And boomers, by and large, you know, obviously, there's shades of gray, weren't really a generation that did their own self work. There wasn't a self-journey, at least back in the 80s. There wasn't, you know, if you had a therapist, oh, what?
0: (laughs) Something was wrong with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Quote unquote, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they didn't do their own healing at that time. And so I, I I can hold space for both of those things. That a lot of the pain I received was their own pain emitting out of them, whether they meant to or not. And my mom and I have even spoken about this a bit where she said I just always thought because I wasn't hitting you I was doing better than what my parents did and like oh to hear that and to hear that's really hard and there's a lot of compassion there and there's a lot of compassion for what I went through as well yeah of Um, course and and not to get into the nitty-gritty of details I'll just kind of give some um, some context a lot of my childhood was around saying the right thing and if you didn't you were just completely torn down um people pleasing having the answer right away and really taking responsibility some of these qualities are fine right some of these qualities are taking responsibility for what you did is a beautiful value to instill in your child but the fear of (laughs) the ramification if you didn't was maybe that more kind of harsh piece to it um and so I being my own unique soul, because my brother and I lived the same childhood and we both very different people, um, I inherited or I, I cultivated, if you will, this people pleasing beyond my own comfort, beyond my essentially abandoning myself. I, I developed abandonment fears. I was always afraid of not being loved, not being good enough, that love being taken away. And so my fear of abandonment led to abandoning myself. At all costs, I would do what needed to be done to be lovable, to be enough. Yeah. And it set me up beautifully to be the spouse to someone that I could just people please. And my ex um, has, you know, their own wounds and has his own journey, if you will, and and his own sleep-wake cycle. But we were in a very codependent relationship. And I think when we met, we met when we were 20. We met actually when we were 19, 20 years old. Um, and I had a huge crush on him, like from the get-go. Oh my gosh. I was like,
0: ooh,
1: who is this?
0: I recognize that wounding. <laughs> I want that.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I had just shaved my head. my And I had a boyfriend at the time. And my boyfriend at the time was like not into it at all. He was not... There's been a lot of hairstyles <laughs> over the I years. I wish
0: I knew Amy with a shaved head. she oh, was
1: fearless. And yeah, so he thought it was cool and he was so interested in me and I know you've talked a lot about trauma bonding and love bombing. There was some of that in that relationship too of both of us having these wounded parents and thus being wounded children. And how can we I wouldn't even say hold space for another because I don't think either one of us had the skill set to do that, but just how can we collide (laughs) and how can we numb out, we were both, um, I had never really smoked marijuana at the time don't tell my mom. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but I lived in Oklahoma. I was the early 2000s and it was very illegal, but you know, he got, he introduced me to marijuana and I was like, "Oh, this is a fun, this is a fun drug. This calms me down. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we got lost a lot in, um, numbing out together. And I think that that set the foundation, unfortunately, for our relationship Of when things got difficult, when things became um, to a breaking point, rather than let's have a real conversation about what's really going on. Let's have a deep inner connection. Let's go to therapy together. It was, oh, fuck it. Let's just know now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is
0: like when two people come together with the intention of, you know, just colliding, right. It's not really, it's not really, I'm a heal. I'm and healed is also an interesting word, but like, I'm an awake. I'm a conscious person around my stuff. I know how this shows up in relationships. If you're not that way coming into relationships, you kind of just like are, it's more transactional. It's like, I'm going to be here so that I don't feel abandoned. And you're probably here so that you feel loved or validated or whatever he was getting from the dynamic. And it's just this constant transaction of what I need from you. Cause I can't give it to myself. Yes. And of course you find a man like that, that replicates the early dynamic because that's what you learned. And from the early dynamic, you adapted all of these wonderful survival skills of people pleasing and getting your needs met, right? That at one point for little Amy, that was vital. You had to, you had to, because we need the connection from our parents. We need the, the you're going to take care of me, right? We need that from our parents. So we just do whatever we need to do to figure out how to get that. And the unfortunate piece is then those patterns get consolidated and solidified in our subconscious and they just keep running the show into our adulthood, which is why this whole part of being introspective and curious about your trauma and your patterns is so important because you don't want to be the one passing down like your parents did, even right. though you may not have children, but it's like the people that you interact with, like just everybody that you touch with your wounded places, it affects them. So it's our trauma is not our fault, but it is our responsibility now.
1: Totally. 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 And I think that's, you know, to your point, neither one of us was doing the work on ourselves. And so inevitably we couldn't meet our own needs, let alone each other's. So there would be times where I couldn't show up for him or he couldn't show up for me. And that just triggers all of those wounds and kind of a domino effect. And inevitably too, because we were codependent with when one of us was triggered, the other was inevitably triggered. And yeah. so it just created kind of a chaotic cycle for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when we get into
0: those real hopeless places where it's like, oh, my God, we're here again. Or Oh, my God, we're having the same fight again. Like, it's just it's like Groundhog's Day if we're not stopping to be like, oh, what's at the root of this or why? why does this thing bother me so much that they're doing, or where's my part in taking accountability for it? Or am I taking too much accountability for it? Because I know that was in both of our cases with our exes, we, we took fault for a lot of things that were not our fault.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And responsibility. I, if I, you know, I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, probably, um, of the work that you and I did together. I think that was one of the pieces that just finally clicked for me is, oh my God, I'm not responsible for your happiness and you're not responsible for mine. I'm not responsible for any of your feelings. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's like just that simple and just that complex. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you were with him for several years <laughs> 18 and a half years and and I say that there were so many I mean yeah I never want to frame it as like it was all just chaos we definitely there was a lot of love there there was a lot of of adventure there so many positive memories um I can say so many positive things about my ex he's so creative so funny um just you know I do think of him in very fond light.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's been three years. So that definitely helps. But, <laughs> yeah, yep. but um, you know, I would never want to talk about him in a disparaging way. Yeah. But um, yeah, 18 and a half years. And there were times I think one of the um, there's I can actually remember one memory very vividly of you and I at the gym and we were talking and I was going through a phase where I thought we were going to break up. and Mm -hmm. and it's okay that you don't remember this but I think it It might come back I think it was one of the very first moments I felt very comfortable being like I don't know what I'm gonna do about this relationship I don't think it's gonna last and it still took I think about mm, four or five years before we finally ended it and Mm -hmm. um most of it was because he said very frankly I mean if nothing else my ex was really great about saying if we break up, I can't have you in my life. I can't, mm. I can't be your friend. I can't be around you. Yeah. And that was his boundary. You know, we didn't, we didn't set many boundaries with one another, but that was one that I just, I knew and yeah. the way he said it, I knew he meant it. And so every time I kind of got close to that cliff of saying, I think I'm done. I think I'm ready to move on. I knew it meant full of abandonment.
0: Yeah. It's
1: the like. worst fear the worst fear right there in my face. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was ready to say, I would rather be alone than in this relationship, in this cycle anymore.
0: Yeah. Thank you for naming that because I think a lot of women who stayed longer than they should, and I say that lightly because it's like, I, I believe that we finally come to the place of being ready when exactly when we're meant to. But that moment when you first think like, fuck, this might not, Mm -hmm. this might not be working. And, and you almost slowly start grieving or slowly start preparing for the grief well before you have left. And I don't know if that's the case with men. I don't, I don't work with men in the same capacity, but so many of my female clients have done that where they're, they're grieving, they're, they're coming to the realization or the, that moment of pure knowing. Yeah. that this is the right decision. And sometimes that takes several years. Several years. And there's no shame in however long it takes you to to come to that point where it's finally like the pain of being here is worse than the the potential pain that might come from this unknown place of being abandoned and being alone.
1: Right, and I don't even think I did it consciously, but I think that moment where I started to name it years before we actually did split. Um, subconsciously, I began the work there. Yeah. I start. I stopped numbing out. I started yeah. focusing on crushing that nutrition. <laughs> I went to a very masculine place with it, but I yeah. did. I started focusing on self-care from a holistic perspective. Um, I started going to therapy to talk about what was going on. I started doing more, um, holistic healing and seeing spiritual healers. Um, and so I think I needed that more, like I needed my team.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I needed my team so that I knew that when this ultimate abandonment came, that I was choosing that abandonment because I was no longer going to abandon myself. I was going to choose me. Yes. Yes.
0: And the reframe around this isn't an abandonment. This is a, this is a choice for my well being. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is an impactful one. Right. When it's not like, oh my, oh my God, he's leaving me and I won't be okay. It's like, oh, I'm choosing this and I will be okay because I've surrounded myself with these amazing people
1: that can hold me. And, you know, when I think about those moments that I, like when I left, it was not the most opportune time for him. I left when I had bolstered myself up and you and I worked a lot with this. There was Mm -hmm. so much guilt and shame that I'm doing really well and I've supported myself. He might be actually at the lowest part of his life. And how dare I do this to him when he's going through this? Yeah. How dare I no
0: longer take care of him? Yeah. 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 Which is a hard It's hard to decipher for those of us who have taken care of people our whole lives. It's hard to decipher what is, what is true for you you, and what is like doing something to punish someone else. It's like, you didn't choose to leave when you did like to throw him into the lowest point of his life. It was just, that was the point where you needed to take care of yourself and He's an adult man who's responsible for his own feelings and experiences and emotions, and he can get his tribe of people to support him too, right? It's like, oh, I'm not actually, that's not my role anymore, and that's
1: not my responsibility. And, you know, it's funny talking about repeating patterns. um, I was put in that place at an early age, a team of one. My mom would often say to me, you're my best friend. Or why can't you be my therapist when I was getting (laughs) my degrees? Well, why can't you be my therapist? And so I was used to being someone who needed to be the role of the daughter, best friend and therapist. And so having a spouse now that really isolated himself um, and, and really relied on me to be there as support in many different components or different ways. Yeah, it was a role I knew all too well. A bit yeah. Very groomed for.
0: Yeah, and we go towards the familiar, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's not serving. The familiar is is, is the safe place in our in our mind, because with the, with the unfamiliar comes all of the unpredictable things that could happen, and we don't control them, and like <laughs> panic mode. <laughs> so I'll stay in this painful familiar over the unpredictable, potentially much better place, which you're experiencing now so what was that what was that moment like for you when you said I'm going like
1: how did you how did you come to that that for sure knowing um I think he actually did it for me to begin with he started Mm -hmm. everything in motion um because I honestly didn't have the guts at first yeah and through several conversations we decided to separate and then <clears throat> excuse me as soon as he left i've never really said this to anybody so <laughs> sorry if i'm kind of pausing as soon as he left cuz i don't i don't i don't mean this to be hurtful at all but as soon as he left i felt this like tremendous overwhelming sense of relief and a door closing, then I was so happy to have closed. Yeah. And that sounds really horrible to say, (laughs) because again, lovely human being, it wasn't a terrible, it wasn't awful, you know, I could make all the excuses, right? Yeah. Because I did for so long. Um, And to some degree, I still do, right? I still say, oh. But, um, But as soon as he left, I just knew in every cell of my body, this is what I wanted, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I could feel every cell rejoicing. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to decide how to tell him I actually wanted a divorce because we were just doing a trial separation. That I knew pretty much instantly, and so thankfully had therapy. I think I had individual therapy, and then I had an individual session with our couples counselor. both that week which was great and excuse me put up sticky notes everywhere (laughs) you're allowed to want a divorce you can say writing out how I was going to say that I wanted the divorce and it was um I mean I was trembling I was terrified it's funny because um I went right back to that little girl who was torn down for saying the wrong thing? Because I knew in his eyes I was going to be saying the wrong thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that would probably open a lot of space for him to tear you down, especially oh, if, you it, if hang up what on. you're saying is causing pain for him, or or uncomfortability or inconvenience, right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I want to I want to thank you first and foremost for sharing. These, some of these pieces that you've not said out loud and being vulnerable in your story. And I can relate to that moment of relief mm-hmm. and to the to the the then coming moments of longing mm-hmm. and missing and grieving. And I think it's important to to say that we can hold both of those things. like yeah. we can we can feel that this was a fuck yes decision in my body full through and through and still have that moments of dropping into the nostalgia and remembering the good times and missing that and missing him and missing what was even if there was pain even if there was you know the uncomfortable experiences. It's like we still had all of those experiences with that person and the grief doesn't mean you have to hate them forever, but you can, you can hold
1: both. You can hold that duality of, of knowing, you know, and it's been three years. It comes less the way it's come less, but I've even talked with my partner now where there are times where I miss laughing with him. You know, I, I do miss his friendship. I respect his boundary a hundred percent. I don't think that it would have been helpful for either one of us to try to remain friends, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Um and it's it's interesting. I even catch sometimes wanting to share with him like where my life is now. Because my life is in a complete 180. Yeah. But I have to honor that. <laughs> he might not be excited for me. He may not right. he may not wish that well. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah
1: the, the feeling,
0: feeling of the feelings without having the reaction or the behavior attached to it is such a skill. Like being able to feel that feeling of longing or that feeling of wishing that you could tell him how things were without actually doing it or doing it before you realize that you're doing it and then (laughs) getting a really negative result from it. Yeah. Is, is, is a superpower like being able to do that is it's something that you know it's sitting in that discomfort it really is yeah yeah so in the three years that you have been post divorce Mm -hmm. what were some of the most impactful moments for you on the healing journey in making sense of the relationship or healing with your inner child you know, fill us in a little bit around what felt the most helpful.
1: Sure. I think, um, so the the group work that you and I did in, in the container was really helpful for me to have kind of a light on of, I had read Codependency for Dummies, I had read Codependent No More, but it was the first time I could kind of link it a little, I'm trying to think of how to say this, it was kind of like the first time I could see my part in it. Like um, I could see how I felt pulled in to the drama Mm -hmm. and to be the rescuer, but I didn't see how I was also the persecutor and the victim, if that makes sense. And so that was just kind of a lights on to see, oh, it's not this like codependency. Isn't this just static thing and you play Mm -hmm. one role in it no you, yep. it's a moving flowing dynamic way of being mm-hmm. and I had to recognize that because um I think by the time we were doing work I was in my the, the relationship I'm in in currently and mm-hmm. I could see me slowly starting to play those patterns again <laughs> yep. and be like okay, if the one constant variable is yourself, (laughs) maybe you're part of the problem. And so it was able to, and I think that the beauty of that container and the other women that were in that group was that we could see one another, hold space for one another, and it reduced the shame. Something that that I work a lot with, and actually I'll get to this next is breath work, but um, shame and guilt come up so much for me. I... Don't I'm still in my sleep wake cycle, exploring and understanding this grief, shame, guilt dyad that I have going on or triad that I have going on? Yeah, um, and in fact, I'm doing a journey in two weeks that I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit too. But, um, so I think so, so, so having a container of women to really explore things, continuing to go to therapy, doing quite a bit of somatic work, so along this time. I also was just physically a wreck. I um I've been battling, still battling SIBO, which is a small a uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth that I believe started in 2020 when I got a really bad stomach virus, and it just yeah it's been a lot to try to clear it out. But all of that stress, you know, we talk about cortisol and all of our stress hormones affecting our body's ability to heal itself. So doing lots of, I did yoni steams, um, mind body connective meditations, and then that led me down this path of breath work. And I've done breath work years ago. I had I had done it with a, a beautiful soul here in Denver. Um, and I was like, I think I want to try this again. So I found someone out in here, and I now live in Boulder. So saw someone in Boulder and it was like, Hell yeah, I want to do that. I want to add that tool to my kit for my personal growth, but also to the work that I'm doing. So I mentioned earlier this mirroring of life and career. Yep. Again, I felt that whole body, yes. And so started a facilitator apprenticeship. And in my and, and as a part of that, I do weekly breath work with myself. And the type of breath work that this is around is is more transformative. Uh we call it circular connective. So It is likened to, in fact, there's studies right now going on at Johns Hopkins, looking at the impact of this type of breath work as compared to MDMA and LSD in treating PTSD and veterans. So it's really potent, uh, beautiful work that you can do within yourself with just your own breath. That's awesome. Diving into that has been a game changer. Um, and that's where I've kind of learned more about this triad. A lot of grief comes up and immediately shame and guilt. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing that I'm exploring. Um, lastly, I'll say, I mentioned a journey that I'll be doing. So I am, you know, I've been doing the breath work, but I am going to take it into a little bit of a deeper realm. I'll be, um, undergoing some psilocybin, uh, journey in a couple of weeks. And so, um, what my hope there is, is that I'll be able to prolong that that expanse of dropping in to help have some resolution and help me kind of rewire my brain a little bit and have a, a little bit longer of a time. The breath work I typically do is about an hour. Um, mm-hmm. So this will be five or six hours, maybe more, we'll see. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping for just a little bit more expansive space to, to amplify and to integrate.
0: mm mm-hmm yeah I think breath work and and um medicine work and whatever type of medicine you're working with go really well together again because of the the body connection. yeah, and breath work being more accessible in that you know you typically it's an hour, hour and a half you could you don't have to be really screened. There's no contraindication or there may be contraindications, but maybe not to the same degree as medicine yeah. work. It's just a little bit more accessible more of the time. And to your point about like dropping in deeper, mm-hmm. that gives you also so much fertile ground to then bring to integrate with breathwork, yes, and integrate in your therapy. And it's like the experience because I help to co-create and co-facilitate me- uh, plant medicine retreats in Costa Rica, and the company that I work with, they they put a lot of intentional effort and like specialty in the integration piece because if we go and have these experiences and then don't have integration support like what the fuck is the experience it's just it's just an experience right we're not we're not bringing the wisdom we're not bringing the learning the uncovering we're not integrating those into into how we live our life and therefore we're not going to see change so for you having having both in in like your your medicine kit of healing tools is, is so beneficial. And I'm such a a big supporter of all that you do, but I'm so excited for your,
1: your journey. I am too. And you know, it's not, um, I think sometimes people um, think like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to take some plant medicine and just drop in and you know, it's, it's so intentional, right? Yeah. So I'm two weeks out. I've been off caffeine for, three or four weeks now, um, sh- off of sugar, i alcohol, you know, all of these um, kind of cleansing the body and spending more time in nature, you know, psilocybin especially has that mycelium connection. And so I'm doing lots of grounding meditations, like naked feet in the ground, letting yeah. my mycelium <laughs> connect with the nature outside. And this may seem a little woo-woo to folks, but but it really is this connective piece of I want to connect with nature so that when I take in nature as a plant medicine, I've already been working with it um, to a degree and I've already cleansed my body of some of the toxins that I might have built up. I love coffee. So it's <laughs> you know, that's that's been a journey. But, um, you know, just kind of clearing all that out so that I can receive the medicine in its purest form and, and really do the work and setting intentions. I'm journaling every day about what's going on, but also intention setting for what I hope to get from the experience.
0: Yeah. And really treating this with respect Yeah, and not just respect for the medicine, but respect for yourself and this, this choice that you've made to put your, your money and your time and your energy and yourself in this container. It's like, you intentionally showing up is a way that you are showing yourself that you matter.
1: Yeah. And again, choosing myself, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I know that breath work for you has been sort of an open door back into trusting your body, trusting yourself, trusting your intuition, share
1: a little bit about how that, how that came to be. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. That's a great question. Um, so I think, One of the things I tell folks who come to do breath work is that this type of breath work is similar to taking plant medicine, but it's just your breath doing it. And so therefore you're in control the whole time. And just that piece of knowing that you can stop breathing, you can, you know, you can come out of it pretty quickly at any point you need to, there's something so empowering there, but I'll also leaning into it if you start to go there i you know i've i've had times where shit's getting real it gets you know i might be reliving a memory or some emotion might be coming up really intensely it's like i know i could just stop or yeah. I could lean into it and know that the reason this is coming up because again it's it's not a substance i've ingested it is just me and my breath and my brain chemistry that maybe there's something there i need to look at that maybe I'm ready to look at it. Maybe I'm already processing it. It's just you know because we've got this um this is such a computery thing to say. We've got front end and back end. So what what we see on the website is not necessarily what's all happening in the background, right? Our bodies are the same way. And so I might be seeing a visual or having an emotion. That's the front end pieces. But stuff in that back end has been going on whether I know it or not. Like the whole stuff going on with my gut health is an indicator that things aren't great <laughs> in <laughs> my ecosystem that needs to be looked at, right? And yeah. so there's this trust in saying, okay, breath, have your way with me. That's what my mentor always says that. Have your way with me, breath. And I yep. really love it because it's, it's kind of this, I trust you implicitly. Yeah. And so what that means is I trust you implicitly. And this, I got you, babe, kind of energy
0: hmm that's so interesting about the control piece because because people who want, who reach out to us about plant medicine and we work with ayahuasca so it has the you know the reputation of being like the the big one the grandmother you know and people are really afraid of of not being in control of that situation and to your point it's like whether it's the breath or the medicine it's it's gonna show you what's already there that you are it's not gonna give you more than you are able to handle, and it might be more than you thought you would see yes. in that moment, yes. yeah, and like you said it's it's in the background already, so it's not it's not bringing up these things that are completely like. I don't know in left field I guess of your right. experience no, 100%. yeah but that that piece about being able to control and being able I think that opens again the accessibility for people where it's like because we all want control in some way we want to be control have control over the experience and in breathwork it sounds like you you dance and you flirt with that edge of of how how expansive can I feel in this moment without pulling away and how much can I trust myself without you know, losing that connection to, to my
1: inner guidance. And I mentioned that, um, I do breath work with myself. I am trained to do that. So it isn't something much like I would never suggest someone take a plant medicine and go off on their own as a medicinal journey. would never suggest that I would not suggest someone go off and do transformational or circular connective breath work on their own, either have a guide Um, you know, either doing an individual session or there's groups, uh, which can be really amazing too, because you've got a group of people who are all having their experiences. So you might hear someone over here laughing hysterically, someone over here screaming or crying, and you're kind of in the middle, you know, you, you may or may not be having any of those emotions, right? Or sometimes you're on the precipice of wanting to release some emotion, but hearing somebody else's emotion push through allows your floodgates to come open. So it can be really beautiful. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I 100% recommend someone having someone there to hold that space. So knowing that, yes, I'm in control as I'm flirting with that edge, I'm still being held.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's so much
0: medicine just in the experience itself. Yeah like you're talking about someone laughing or someone screaming. I had an experience um, with plant medicine where I, someone was laughing and I got pissed. I was so angry that this person was having so much fun in their experience. And I'm over here, like having some somatic pain and just, it wasn't a happy experience for me. And what that allowed me to see was how often I, I, allow other people to experience joy and pleasure, but don't believe that I mm. am worthy of that mm. or don't believe that I can relax or not, you know, be the responsible yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And that, it not even from the medicine, it was just the experience of hearing the person laughing gave me so much insight. So doing group experiences, whether it's breath work or coaching or plant medicine, it's like the... the how we learn from other people and the mirrors that other people get to be for us. It's, it's incredible. You can't, you can't create that intentionally. Like yes. I always talk about the people who come into my groups. I'm like, I couldn't have chosen you all to be in this more perfect place together where it's typical where they all share family dynamics or they're all share you know, really abusive partners that they're leaving at the same time. Like, it's just, it's different every time. And it's like, just when I open a container, there's so much trust. That's like, okay, I'm going to have two or three or four people in here and it's going to be perfect. (laughs) Whatever it needs to be beyond what I can see right now.
1: I had that thought last night. I had a, um, a brand new client just sign up. They saw one of my flyers at the climbing gym and signed up for breath work. I didn't know them. And like, Beautiful soul. And I just after they left, I just like put my hand to chest and was just like, oh my gosh, oh. universe, you bring me like the best people. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Yes. And and yeah. even to your point, I remember in your coaching container, I mean, first of all, just lovely group of women. And I remember one woman in particular, her ex was almost like her story with her ex was nearly identical to mine. And I needed that. I needed someone else to say, I see you, girl yeah, he's, he's not a bad guy. He's not, you know, he's not narcissistic. He's not abusive. Yeah. And yeah, here it is. And you're not happy. You can, you can end that relationship. Yeah. We
0: don't have to wait for it to be something that's abusive (laughs) or like, you know, giving yourself the permission to leave whatever relationship, even if it's a wonderful person, but you're just not compatible anymore, or you're not Mm -hmm. aligned with where you want to go. It's like, it's okay. It's okay for you to choose what's best for you. Hands down, full stop, <laughs> period. It's your life. It's your life. Yeah. What does your yeah. mug say? I love it. You show me your mug. I love oh, it. Oh, it says live the life, live the life you imagine. Yeah. Can you see it? <laughs> yeah. I know it's once we, once we can see our tendency to choose other people or the reason that we people please the fear that's behind that we get more skilled at tending to that inner child and therefore can validate her fear and still choose the thing right i can validate that she's fucking terrified and still choose to leave and and both of those things are necessary for us to be able to function healthfully in the world otherwise we're staying in things where we're building resentment and it's hurting us it's hurting them it's just we think we're doing the kind thing by staying in something that's not serving and it's not kind to anybody. It's, it's really not. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: we're not living our best lives. We're not showing up for others in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I I like this phrase being self first is not selfish.
0: I like that. Yes. There's a quote by, um, and doyle that i like a lot too about boundaries where it's boundary people can be nice and nice people can have boundaries
1: <laughs> i love that. i love glennon doyle and i love that quote i am yeah. going to start saying that more often <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah yeah um okay we got off on a little tangent so i want to circle back to the breath work and mm-hmm. i want so the circular breathing will link to ways that people can do circular breathing with you if they're here in in colorado yeah um But what's something that somebody could use, you know, a quick breath experience or tool when you're feeling the overwhelm, when you need to regulate the nervous system and, or if they're trying to really do this reconnection to themselves, to
1: their body, to intuition, what would you, what would you recommend for us? Yeah, no, I've I've got you, babe. (laughs) So um, what I love about breath is, yeah, you can do so many different things with it but it's so tied to our vagus nerve and our nervous system so we can actually bring our nervous system back into alignment um one of the, my favorite quick hits that I like to show folks is just box breathing and it's called box breathing cuz you're going to breathe in the shape of a box if you will so yes. you pick the count that works for you and i will be the first to admit when I first started doing any kind of breath work, I've always been a super rapid, shallow breather. Entire life. I went 40, probably 41 years. It's been a long, a long journey to, to learn how to expand that breath. I'll be 43 yeah. in January. It's taken me two years to to get better at this, uh, but I was a very shallow breather. So if you told me to breathe for six counts, I would have, I would have breathed twice. And I just would have passed out. Yeah, I would have <laughs> passed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you pick the count that works for you, and you're going to inhale for that count, hold for that same count, exhale for that count, and then hold for that count. I like to suggest that folks start with a count of three or four. A lot of times that can feel attainable. If you're like at count two, you're like, start with count two. That's totally fine. But you would inhale for three. So inhale one, two, three. Hold one, two, three. Exhale one two, three, hold one, two, three, and then go right back into that in- inhale. And I would suggest um, starting off with just five minutes, You know, make it attainable. I think that's the piece that I love teaching my clients that I do any kind of coaching with is that you've gotta start with attainable baby steps. That's how we build healthy habits that will be repeatable is if you're gonna say, I'm gonna do this 20 minutes, three times a day, Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also, instead of saying I'm going to do this for five minutes every day, say I'm going to do this five minutes this week. Then I'm going to do five minutes twice next week and see if you can build it up to five minutes a day. And then see if you can do it for a little bit longer. And so just, just work with what frequency and duration works for you. And again, and, and you can even build up. So let's say you started with two counts, maybe in a three to weeks to a month, you're going to build up to three counts or four counts. Nowadays, I can do a six count breath pretty easily, but it took time. So, you know, again, that, that self-compassion, <laughs> meeting yourself where you're at and um, letting go of any of those expectations of if so, you know, I think I've got even a YouTube video on box breathing and, and I might suggest four counts on that. You know, do what works for your body where you are right now.
0: Oh yeah. We'll definitely link to your YouTube too. Cause you got some, some juicy stuff, <laughs> but so the, the, the goal be it that you want to start to expand the breath because that helps to tone the vagus nerve or helps to calm the system. Is that, is that sort yeah. of the intention? Yeah.
1: So yeah, what you're doing is um, when we expand the breath, so we have this vagus nerve for folks who may not be uh, familiar with it. It Starts in our brain, but it connects through our larynx and into our lungs and into our belly. So Mm -hmm. as you're breathing too, I have a whole other YouTube video on diaphragmatic breathing. Um, When we can do a full core breath, we are stimulating the vagus nerve in two different points but it really brings it out of fight or flight. So this is a great box. Breathing is incredible if you're in that sympathetic fight or flight um, state of being. It also can work though if you're feeling kind of um, in the freeze, the freezer fawn. So if you're feeling just down disconnected, this can help too. So just having rhythmic breath in and Mm -hmm. of itself tones that vagus nerve. We talk about sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetics that fight or flight, and parasympathetic has always been known as rest or digest. We're now learning there's actually three pieces. <laughs> there's the sympathetic, which there's the fight or flight, but then there's the um the oh gosh, I always switch these two, but I will I'll be sure to like get this right for you for the notes. But yeah. um, I want to say it's the dorsal branch of the vagus nerve is actually our freeze. And that's where if we're feeling depressed, we're feeling down, we're feeling disconnected, we're just not wanting to reengage engage with folks, that's also not where we wanna be. We want our ventral branch of our vagus nerve to be activated. And mm-hmm. so toning that vagus nerve brings us more um, in balance rather than being so calm that we're comatose <laughs> And it takes us out of that like really, really frenetic energy and just balances out where you're calm, but alert.
0: Yeah. And we want to become skilled with our bodies to go from the, if this is our baseline nervous system, whenever we get activated one way or the other to first be able to recognize we're activated and then bring ourselves back because, you know, our bodies have these systems, the fight or flight systems in order to protect us. It's the survival part of the brain. So it's not like you're going to stop that from happening, but how skilled can you get at being like, okay, I'm feeling really anxious and panicking. I need to do some box breathing to bring that down because otherwise we get stuck on the stress response is stuck on all the cortisol is pumping and our bodies aren't made to handle that type of, that type of response for a prolonged period.
1: No. And I love the example of the gazelle running from the lion. So two things that the gazelle is different than us. In in, from us in in a fight or flight. So the gazelle, first of all, once it escapes the lion, it shakes its body and then it completely forgets that it was just chased. It was like this close to death five minutes ago and goes about grazing again. We replay our trauma over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Traumatizing ourselves, making that pathway even more robust. Yeah. Gazelle also, the other way it's different than us, it doesn't stop mid fleeing to be like, why am I escaping this lion right now? I need to figure this out before I can actually escape the lion. right? right? So if you're in either one of those those activations, you don't need to figure it out while you're activated. So if you can use Mm -hmm. box breathing or some other breathing component or some other somatic, I think the the work you do with EFT is beautiful too of, of bringing that nervous system back to baseline. And once you feel more centered, then you can reflect on, okay, what activated me? You can kind of do a retrospective. Why was I so triggered in that moment? How much of it was that moment, and how much of it was like little childhood things that you know we we have yep. picked up along the way, then you can start getting introspective with that.
0: Yeah, I share with clients when when we're activated, when we're outside of the our baseline, when we're in some sort of stress or trauma response, our reptilian brain is on, and we have four options. The fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Mm-hmm. So, we're not in a place to, we don't have access literally to the parts of our brain, to the rational part of our brain, the limbic system, the emotional part of our brain. We don't, we can't access those because the other part of our brain is firing like, bitch, the line is coming. You need to do something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, if you are activated and you're trying to problem solve, or say you're trying to logistically figure out how you're going to leave a relationship. It's like, you can't, that you're not, you're don't you not at your full capacity in your mind unless you come into your nervous system, more regulated state. So box breathing, tapping, going for a walk in nature, right? Whatever you're doing to help bring yourself back down is vital to be able to then make sense of what's happening, take the next step, heal the inner child, whatever needs to happen outside of those four options. Yeah.
1: And I want to normalize that you might tap and you might breathe. You might do yoga. You might do meditation. You might feel it go back to baseline. And then as soon as you're done, it go back up or down. That's okay. I want to normalize that. Right. It might take doing it over and over again. I think one of your, um, one of your podcasts guests had mentioned uh, that there was days when she left her relationship where she was just crying all day. And it's, it's, I want to normalize that you've got to express the emotions and and know that it's going to be all over the place when you're making a big decision or or you know whatever that emotional trigger is we a lot of times that masculine energy once again tells us to push through suck it up buck up you know Yeah <gasps> Don't do that don't too. do that <laughs> Yeah
0: There's also a difference in understanding a feeling and feeling a feeling. So I know in my experience forever, I was very detached from feeling things. And I was like, well, but I understand that this doesn't feel good. I understand that this is not a healthy dynamic anymore, but I wasn't letting myself feel the emotions around that, that needed to process, Mm -hmm. right? I wasn't letting myself feel the sadness or the betrayal or the, outright anger that i had spent years with this person under a false illusion like it was like i knew those things mm-hmm. but i didn't feel those things and when i would let myself feel it i would be on the floor crying like ugly cry snot just letting yourself go full primal almost in your expression and i'm sure people have had the experience of after a good cry you're like oh i feel lighter i feel better it's like That's not just a psychological thing, like a woo thing. That's like a literal, you're moving denser energy out of your body. And it's so important to, in your healing, to actually feel that and integrate it and move it and not just stay up here with, I understand these things. Because that will only take you so far. And then you'll find yourself in another relationship doing the same thing because that like you haven't actually shifted the... internal piece
1: thank you for sharing that too because that reminds me i've also experienced that where i'm just like i can rationalize the feeling but i can't feel the feeling yeah one of the reasons i think i'm drawn to the circular connective transformative breath is we do it through our mouth and so you are actually intentionally activating your sympathetic nervous system in a way that'll allow stuck emotions to arise to the surface so if, if folks are kind of like cool, cool, yeah, yeah, I totally get what you're saying, but how do I feel the feeling? Right. (laughs) Somatic therapies can be a tool to help get you there. You have to
0: feel safe. Yeah. Again, to the point of the lion, you know, I don't have time to sit down and think about how I'm feeling and and cry because the lion's coming at me. First, I need to get away from the lion.
1: Yeah.
0: And And then I need to bring myself back into safety. And when we're safe, then we're not in the hypervigilance and we can turn inward. And start being, you know, introspective, inquisitive around what's happening. But if, if we're never getting to that safe place, then that work isn't going to work, which is also why it's so important to find a practitioner that you feel safe with. Yes. Because if you have a therapist or a coach that you don't really feel safe with or you find yourself performing for or trying to take care of, you know, it's like you might be talking about your problems, but you're not you're not allowing yourself to really drop in to be witnessed in your pain and to be held in that experience of crying about whatever for the first time and really letting that come through or yelling for the first time about something that you you just need to get out of your body. Yeah. So if if you're listening and you're you have a practitioner that you don't feel like you can ugly cry in front of, you know, that's, it's something to be aware of as you're, as you're shopping for, for um people to hold safe space. I fully 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you for literally <laughs> forever. <laughs> and for the sake of everybody's time. Um, is there anything you want to leave people with that we haven't touched on in terms of anything but inspiring them to keep going if they're in some part of this journey
1: yeah I think you know um, my brother and I just had this conversation he was visiting me a couple months ago and he's also um, you know grew up in the same house and he also went through a divorce in his 20s and I asked him do you ever regret you know that marriage because it was a very whirlwind chaotic marriage because we were talking about my, my ex as well. And he said, you know, I thought long and hard about this. I don't regret any decision I've ever made or any way that all of this has played out because now he is married with this beautiful, beautiful two-year-old little girl that we adore so much. He said, all roads led me to this and I would never trade this. And I can echo that when I think about my life. And I know that I'm still on this journey, but man, my life is so, good right now so when I think about those times of I should have left earlier I don't know how that would have played out and so it felt yeah. how it needed to that I felt ready and I didn't pressure myself to leave before I was ready and I wouldn't be I would be somewhere I'm sure it'd be amazing but I wouldn't be the way I'm right now and I wouldn't give that up for the world and so it's yes. okay If you are someone who's just left a relationship and are in that mode, yeah, I've been there, I see you. (laughs) But know that there is, no matter where your journey takes you, there's always beauty on the other side and everything is unfolding as it should. Yeah, there's a lot
0: of blind faith, a lot of blind trust in the next chapter. And I'm, I'm smiling because of a conversation that you and I had not too long ago where you were reminding me of all of these different chapters in our life. And you were like, if you had the full scope of what your entire book was going to be like, and they showed you that you were going to have a real shit relationship for four years, you would have been like, no, thanks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. we, t- we, are, we take or we are given things one thing at a time so that we can handle one thing at a time and trusting that like, yeah, that chapter was fucked up and it's led me to this, this conversation with you right. having a podcast having a business helping women heal from this type of shit like what Amazing. i could never i could never have anticipated or expected that in a million years if you would have told me before i met him that that was the trajectory i
1: would have been like yeah, oh, I doubtful I don't, I don't know if you watch the barbie movie but when she is yeah. offered. <laughs> you can stay how the shoe, or it's like, you can stay exactly as you are, or go to reality. She's like, the shoe, I want to go back to the way things were. She's like, let's try this again. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, wrong answer. Wrong answer. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, 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 it's important to, to remember, and, and even proving that to yourself by looking at your life thus far, like, what has happened where you thought you would never get through it, and then you got through it, and something beautiful came on the other side of it. Yeah. It's like using your own past as the proof. I know I do that often where I'm like, get into the mistrusting place with the universe or whatever. And it's like, okay, but all these other times it's actually worked out. So let's
1: just take a beat, do some box breathing. (laughs) We have 100% or we have, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. We have survived 100% of the things that have happened to us. If we're listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: doesn't mean that they all feel good or that it wasn't traumatizing and painful and all the things, but, but trusting in the bigger picture, trusting in the bigger story, the bigger, you know, reason for, yeah. for why yeah, it
1: will make for a, a good book. <laughs> a good book. It's going to be a great read. Yeah, great read. <laughs> New York's bestseller week. one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I always like to end these with a card pull. Oh, yes, please. I love that deck. Yes. If you, if I can have you close your eyes, I'm going to have you help choose the card that is for the highest and best of all of those who are listening. So just putting your intention in the deck. And whenever you feel like the shuffle is complete, just tell me when to stop. Stop. What do we get? See through ooh, ooh, this just came up for a client of mine yesterday. I'm going to read it to you because I don't have these memorized <laughs> and they have very comical messages. Sometimes see through brings a message of transparency and clarity. It reminds you to not get lost in the content. Others may want to spin you a tale, but don't be fooled. Cut through the drama and see, well, no, cut through the drama and the noise to see or hear what is really going on. What is beneath the surface of the skin? Seek to understand what is behind the words or actions of another, the underlying need. Don't trust the words alone. See through also reminds you that transparency is a brilliant tool for living and relating authentically. How are you showing yourself to others? Are you clouding their ability to see you with too many words? Are your words not aligned with your actions? Where might you unveil the parts of yourself that would be helpful for others to see you more clearly?
1: I love
0: that. Yeah, it aligns nicely with our or with your vulnerability and authentic, authenticity in sharing some of these pieces that you haven't said out loud before.
1: Yeah, you know, align with your higher self, be authentic and put yourself out there. I love it. Yeah. Where do you want to leave people in order to find you for breath work or to connect? 100 Where can people get you? So um I have a website, Amy I also can be found um at Amy Jinx on YouTube and Amy Jinx on Instagram and the Jinx is J-I-N-X. Um, so yeah, and if you're in the Colorado area or even traveling through and want to come do either individual or group breath work, I do, um, hold those sessions and I do also do, um, virtual coaching. Um, and I'm hoping to actually be launching here very soon, a breathing circle that will be virtual and in person for folks, um, to do other kinds of breathing modalities and just can hold a sacred circle for folks.
0: Love it. Love it. Yes. If you are looking for a practitioner who can weave in the physical, the the nutrition, the edu- or the no, education, the nutrition and the exercise piece of body awareness and body shifting with more of the mind-based work and the body-based with breath work and the spiritual-based with your crazy intuitive skills we didn't even touch on that. We'll have to do another episode on connecting <laughs> yeah. with your intuition. Okay. Um, yeah, I couldn't speak more highly of you as a woman, as a practitioner, as a space holder. Um, your heart is just so big for the people that you work with, the people who are in your life. Like you are just such a gem
1: (laughs) you're such a gem (laughs) you are such a light in my life and I appreciate you and I'm grateful and honored to be on your podcast today I I, I'm always just applauding you and rooting you on and you're doing such beautiful work and it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. to see as your friend and as a former client and Mm -hmm. as a colleague
0: so I adore you Yes. Yes. Well, we, I'll be sure to put all of the links to everything that you shared in the podcast description. So those of you who are listening, be sure to check out, um, all that she has to offer. And if this was beneficial to you, subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend. This is how we help spread the word and help people feel like they're less alone. So until next time, thank you, Amy, so much. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'll see you all next time. Love you. Remember that the holiday promo is good through all of December for $200 off my Awakening private coaching program. All of the information is in the show notes.